Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I'm Oliver Banks, your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist and I work as a consultant and advisor with retailers who are looking to drive effective, positive transformation. Understanding the business challenges clearly, defining the right solution and the right operating model, accelerating progress and getting things done, and getting your teams to work closely and effectively together. If you need to accelerate your transformation, or you're looking for some support to navigate safely through the journey of change, then reach out. I would love to help drive effective change for you. Thank you for tuning in to this one. This is episode 242, number 242. And today we're going to dive into the world of Lean Six Sigma and how to use it effectively in the world of retail. Now, let's be honest, the methodology of Lean Six Sigma has arguably lost a little bit of shine in recent times, especially with the advent and scaling of Agile. But that's not to say that Lean Six Sigma is obsolete. Far from it. There's still huge value. And I think if you can reinvigorate this particular strain of thinking and approaching challenges and problems, then it can help you drive innovation, drive optimization, and ultimately drive transformation and improvement. Now, I'm a big fan of Lean Six Sigma. I always have been. From doing white and yellow belt way back in, I think, about 2003, and then eventually moving on to green belt and black belt between approximately 2006 to 2010, I think it probably was. I think there are some fantastic tools and fantastic approaches in there. Most importantly, it has a real focus on the customer. That is at the heart of Lean Six Sigma, which I think you will agree is a positive thing. But often Lean Six Sigma gets misunderstood as a cost-cutting tool and with a very structured linear approach, which of course in today's highly volatile and uncertain world may not be an ideal way to go forward. Certainly, that very structured Demaic approach was how I learned about the Insect Sigma, but it doesn't need to be this way. And as we continue to take on retail in the 2020s, there are some fantastic use cases where this way of thinking is just so relevant. So more on that later, but let's just rewind the clock a little. Where did the concept of Lean Six Sigma come from? Well, the terminology really first started in the manufacturing world in the 1980s and 1990s was when it really gained popularity and gained this branding being called Lean Six Sigma as a collection of tools, methodologies, approaches and principles. But if we rewind the clock, it started a lot earlier in the 1920s was when the use of statistics and statistical quality control really started to scale up. That continued. And then in the 1950s, in Japan, there was a real focus on quality management. 
and more and more Japanese companies started thinking in this way, which of course led to a boom time for Japan. Then in the 1960s, still in Japan, Toyota really turned heads with the Toyota production system, a way of working that really focused on reducing waste and increasing the flow through a process, albeit still in the world of manufacturing. In the 1980s, Motorola were the next company that really championed Lean Six Sigma, and actually they introduced the term Six Sigma, which we'll come back to in a little moment, which focused on eliminating defects and errors. And actually, it's an important side note here that Lean and Six Sigma are two different things, although they're often attached together. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Into the next decade, the 1990s, saw Jack Welch and General Electric really popularizing the thinking and championing this whole approach through that company. And it was in this time where the recognition that Lean and Six Sigma principles worked amazingly well together and they started to be combined into one methodology. Then in the noughties, we saw Lean Six Sigma really start to grow and scale to other companies. And that's, of course, when I first came across Lean Six Sigma. And then as we moved into the 2010s, it expanded more and more beyond the classic manufacturing setting. So now we're in the 2020s. Where does that leave us? And how does Lean Six Sigma fit into retail? We'll be coming back to that a little later on. So stay tuned. So history lesson complete. I think it's also important just to understand the origins of these two ideas, Lean and Six Sigma. So Lean is a systematic method of minimizing waste and optimizing processes. And waste here can form many different senses of the word. It's not just, let's say, product that is thrown in the bin. It could be wasted time, wasted effort, wasted resources, wasted money, of course, wasted materials and any other precious resource that evaporates or slips through your fingers, right? Lean focuses on maximizing the customer value. And as part of that, really understanding what customers do value, right? So broadly, Lean is essentially focused on creating more value for your customers using fewer resources. Great. We love more for less, right? Everyone loves more for less. And that whole concept of waste is so important. There's a brilliant acronym, Tim Wood, which highlights different types of waste, including transportation, inventory, motion, waiting, overproduction, overprocessing, defects, and speciality skills. Now, flipping to the other side, Six Sigma is a set of usually mathematical techniques and tools aimed at improving processes by identifying and removing the causes of defects, and minimizing variability, again, originally in manufacturing and now in all business processes. The central idea of Six Sigma is to measure the defects in any process, i.e. having a clear specification and knowing when you are not hitting that specification, and then systematically eliminating those defects with the aim of getting to no defects at all. Perfect production, shall we say. And the Six Sigma naming refers to the level of quality or the number of defects that you are creating. And at this Six Sigma quality, a process only produces 3.4 
defects per million opportunities. So it's an exceptionally high level of quality. That, if you're working in percentages, is 99.9997% of products are coming through the process defect-free. And essentially, there's only a tiny fraction of errors. And you can use a number of different statistical tools and measures to really gauge the capabilities of your process and your sub-processes to build up towards this defect-free objective. So Six Sigma is about making a process so consistent that it's extremely unlikely for defects to occur. Now, it's not specifically about having six standard deviations, six sigmas, and getting to that 3.4 defects per million opportunities. And certainly in a retail setting, I think that's a little bit extreme, depending on what that process is that you're talking about. But it is about minimizing defects to a level that is far beyond what you're currently achieving. So in summary, I guess lean is more about understanding your processes and procedures and optimizing them, whereas Six Sigma is more about statistical control and reducing the variability and therefore the number of defects that you accidentally create along the way. And so when you combine the two, the goal becomes to create a high volume of output, but also ensure that it's of a high quality as well, right? It's not just about efficiency. Effectiveness is critically important as well. So if efficiency is doing things right, effectiveness is doing the right things. So how does all of this apply to retail? Well, firstly, retail as an industry has loads of processes, especially as you get closer and closer towards the front line, whether that's the front line in stores, in warehouses, in customer service centers, or even the front line of head office roles, you know, buying processes, for example. So loads of different processes, examples, accepting deliveries, replenishing stock, serving customers at a checkout, picking and dispatching an order, processing returns, you name it, I'm sure there is a process for it. And with these processes, many of the lean tools can be used fairly easily straight out of the box. But based on speaking to many different individuals over many years, it seems that the Six Sigma side appears too extreme. You know, those defect levels are so low. (laughs) You know, we are not in the business of rocket science or brain surgery, whatever. And there are many different aspects with a large impact from people. And people bring lots of variability and lots of noise whether it's colleagues or customers, of course, or many of the other people involved, suppliers and so on. But remember, Six Sigma is not about trying to exactly achieve those Six Sigma levels. It's about understanding the causes of variability and reducing these down to ensure that you are consistently giving an error-free experience to your customers, to your colleagues. And I'm going to come back to some of the different use cases that Lean Six Sigma in 2023 and beyond can have for the retail industry. But let's just think about some of the different aspects that are absolutely important for the retail industry right now. Firstly, customer experience. And here, Lean Six Sigma is focused on the customer and what the customer values and equally what don't value as well. You know, the lean tools in particular ask you to understand 
the voice of the customer. Understand who your customers are, what they're thinking, what they're seeing, what they're wanting. And that's critically important. And we also begin to introduce the concept and the term customer value add and equally non-value add as well. These are parts of the process or even whole processes, maybe even whole business propositions that either customers do value or they just don't value. And when you're talking about value add, the big question to ask a customer, maybe metaphorically, maybe not literally, is would you, the customer, pay for this part of the process? Would a customer, for example, pay to have the outer packaging of a product removed rather than have to open the box themselves? Yes. So that's a value add part of the process. Would they pay to have the price displayed so they can see what a product costs? Yes, so that's a value added part of the process. Would they pay to have each individual product priced up with a price tag? Probably not. One price for all of them is acceptable. Would the customer pay for people to be poring over a report about what's selling, what's not selling? No, probably not, right? Customer is not interested in that. That is a non-value adding task, or at least non-value adding for the customer. It may add value for the business, but it begins to open up these conversations, right? And you can take this at individual process steps. You can ask these questions for whole processes or even whole propositions as well. Let's move on and think about problem solving for a moment. Particularly the Six Sigma side has a hugely rich source of statistical tools and statistical analysis approaches that you can build in. And as we embark on this super data rich world where we've got data and facts and figures on everything, it feels really like an opportune time to start getting a little bit ninja <laughs> with statistics and how we approach this. It's very easy to draw out a few numbers and say, oh, look, it's gone up or gone down. But actually, is there statistical significance in there? I've seen many different data sets where on average, it looks great. You know, you can see between, let's say, a trial and a non-trial, you can see a positive impact. But when you look at the variation, often either you've got massive variation in your sort of, let's say, your trial scores. And actually, you know, you could you could take the data next week and it might show a, a swing the other way. You know, too much noise, too much variation. Equally, you might have the same level of variation, but with the spread of the data, by the time you draw an average, it's just chance that one has come out better or worse than the other. And so getting a richer understanding of how to use statistics and confidence levels can only be a good thing. The other positive side is around root causing problems. And again, some of the tools like an Ishikawa diagram or fishbone diagram and 5Y can be excellent at really understanding what's going on in any given business challenge. And that actually was a big inspiration for my transformation stratification tool that you can find out more about in my upcoming book called Driving Retail Transformation, but more on that another time. Because actually really understanding and understanding how things link together is of critical importance to getting that solid understanding of the challenge, as well as a solid understanding of the solution. Let's think about flexibility for the moment, right? 
When I was sitting in the classroom learning about Lean Six Sigma, I learned about either the Demaic process or the IDOV process. Demaic is most popular for Lean Six Sigma, standing for define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. And the idea here is that you work through each of these phases and you have a little toll gate review session at the end. So you go through first the define phase and then once you've completed that, you can move into the measure phase. Very linear, very rigid. And that Demaic process can be a great way to guide through the process when you're living in a relatively static world, when you know that things are not moving at a million miles an hour, when you know that things are not changing as well, particularly with seasonality and so on. But it does seem rigid and it does therefore constrict some projects that either need to work in a really fast manner or if there's a real critical aspect, you know, maybe it's a crisis situation, right? But Demaic can be great because it also encourages us to think about the problem, really understand the challenge that we face rather than just jumping straight into ideas and solutions to improve the challenge. It guides us to get to that root cause point rather than just work off the symptoms, right? But I'm a firm believer that you can use your toolkit of different business tools however you want, right? If it works, it works. If you want to use a hammer to put in a screw, knock yourself out. And so I would encourage you not to be restricted by that rigid structure of Demaic. Sure, keep it in mind, but if you need to use different tools at different times because it feels right, go for it, right? Equally, with the fast pace, you may want to think about doing a Kaizen event, which I've done a few of, certainly in my time. It's a fantastic way of really getting to grips with a challenge in the short term. A Kaizen event is where you run through that whole Demaic process in a short time session, maybe a couple of days, maybe a week, depending on what it is. And you're really focused in as a team on solving one particular issue. And you can get that all the way through and start identifying what the solution is very quickly. And that could be a great way of approaching some business challenges, especially if there is a fast moving crisis that you need to attend to. Or if you've got this nagging problem that you just haven't been able to get your hands around, Kaizen events can be a fantastic way of approaching that. And you can take that same mentality, right, towards any other transformation as well, even if it's not a strictly Lean Six Sigma project, right? The fourth aspect of Lean Six Sigma that I wanted to touch on that I think is particularly relevant for retail is around continuous improvement. This is naturally part of the Lean Six Sigma way of thinking and way of approaching problems. It encourages a culture that looks to continuously improve. <laughs> That's what it says on the tin, right? It recognizes that there is always more to do. But equally, it also recognizes that you should not try and solve all problems in one shot. It encourages prioritization, an important skill for any transformation or any strategy for that matter. And so continuous improvement helps reinforce the culture of prioritization and corresponding act of deprioritization as well, saying, you know what, we need to do this first and we'll do this other part later on. So those are four elements that I think Lean Six Sigma is still totally relevant for in the retail industry. Thinking about customers and customer experience, tackling problems effectively, 
keeping a flexible and fast pace and continuously improving. And that's why I think Lean Six Sigma can be great for retail and in particular, more incremental types of transformation, smaller transformations that are looking at optimizing the business or simplifying the operating model or even renovating different parts of the operation. Yes, it's great for process improvement, but it can also be effectively used to optimize whole operating models. And actually, you can use some of the design process tools and principles to create new operating models if you're taking on a more fundamental or disruptive type of transformation. You know, I've worked on projects where we've been looking at designing new equipment and new process flows for whole supply chains, looking to minimize touches, minimize damage, minimize mispicks, for example looking at simplifying in-store fulfillment and collection processes, adding in ways to error-proof and stop sending the wrong item to the wrong customer, or minimizing travel during the picking process, or designing and optimizing e-commerce parcel processing lines for routing different parcels to different destinations, or actually speeding up e-commerce pick processes in a warehouse to reduce the time taken per order and increase throughput for peak times of year. So there are loads of different examples and I've got plenty more stories as well about how Lean Six Sigma can really drive strong, effective change for retail. But as we think about where we are right now and where we're going for the next few years, arguably I see a big resurgence in Lean Six Sigma. You know, we touched on data earlier and all retailers now have got an abundance of data, it seems, but it's making effective use of what you do have. It's so critical, so important. You know, being able to statistically interrogate that data to find out what it's really telling you and make the best use of that, as I say, vital. Now, think about different omni-channel operating models, the importance of inventory and stock management, process flows, being able to rapidly get a product ready for fulfillment. There are loads of complex ways of working. And actually, Lean Six Sigma can be applied to that complexity to A, simplify it, and B, error-proof it as well. You know, sustainability is hugely important. And so reducing literal waste, big tick, right? But also think about the circular economy. The circular economy will only work if all of the different process steps and stock flows are easy and simple. Otherwise, it just won't happen, right? Lean Six Sigma can help with that. Think about wanting to enhance customer experience at scale, creating a positive, fair and consistent level of service across all of your different channels at all of your different times of day or days of week, etc. And then we get to AI. Big buzzword, big topic. But cast your mind back a little bit to when digitalization of processes was a big thing. You know, if you back in those times, digitalize a rubbish process, you still have a rubbish process, albeit in a structured digital form, right? And now as we advance into automation and AI, if you have a rubbish process with rubbish data, you're still going to have a rubbish process with rubbish data being controlled by an artificial intelligence, right? Making sure that your business is smooth and effective and doing what it should do. Doing what's right for the customer is just as important now as it ever has been. 
So let me ask you this. If focusing on your customer is important for you, and if you're looking to optimize, streamline, or simplify your business and your operating model, or equally, if you're looking to disrupt the status quo and want to build in effective and efficient ways of working from day one, then maybe it's time that you invigorate and revisit Lean Six Sigma. Reach out to me to find out how you can reinvigorate Lean Six Sigma in your business and how you can then create this culture of continuous improvement and focusing on your customer. I would adore the opportunity to help you on this journey. I'm very passionate about Lean Six Sigma. And actually, I've been thinking about this now for 20 years, which is actually slightly crazy. I've literally just realized 2003 to 2023. <laughs> so it's, it's a topic that I really love. And I, like I say, I would adore the chance to help you on this journey and help you really maximize the value that you are delivering to your customers and therefore to your business as well. My email is oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. I'm going to pop that on the show notes as well, plus the link to my LinkedIn profile if you prefer to message me through there. The show notes are at obandco.uk slash 242, where you'll find my contact info, plus the opportunity to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. This is my weekly email newsletter. It's completely free to subscribe to, and it keeps your finger firmly on the ever-evolving world of retail. Each week, I highlight key headlines from around the globe, looking at how retail is changing and transforming, with new ideas, innovations, and insights. The aim of the Retail Transformation Briefing is to inspire you to successfully change and evolve your retail operation and your retail business. Sign up completely for free at obandco.uk slash 242. Also on the show notes page, you'll find three episodes to check out next. The first of those is episode 210 called Making Marginal Gains to Drive Profit. This is very much on the same vein as continuous improvement and thinking about how lots of smaller tweaks can really build up to drive a a fully incremental transformation. Next up, back in episode 137, number 137, I had a fantastic conversation with Rethink Productivity's Simon Heddo as we were asking, is Lean Six Sigma still relevant? And in particular, I'll direct you to that episode to check out the seven principles of Lean Six Sigma that we explore together. And then finally, as I mentioned right early on, Lean Six Sigma has arguably been a little bit outshined by Agile. So check out episode 116 with Lawrence Bonimer as we explored understanding Agile. And Lawrence was one of the really early Agile coaches, like really early. And so he really understands the core concepts and has a very refreshing view on what Agile is. So I would encourage you to check that one out as well. All three of those suggested listens are waiting for you on the show notes at obandco.uk slash 242. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And I hope I have inspired you to rethink 
and reinvigorate Lean Six Sigma. Let me know what you think as always. I love hearing your feedback and your views and importantly, your additions as well because you always have such great ideas. So I can't wait to hear and I'll look forward to joining you in another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.